Hello and welcome to Books by Old Dead Guys, episode number 42. I am Scott. And I'm David. And we are here today walking through Charles Spurgeon's lectures to my students. We're not doing the whole book. We're, we're actually doing section one, chapter 11, entitled The Minister's Fainting Fits. And we're doing so to be an encouragement, not just for the pastor who may be uh, wrestling through the fog of depression, but also not for the church member, for the layperson, just to be able to put some words to and how we're feeling and how we got there. And also to be an encouragement of the fact that this particular problem is not a new one. I think we live under the impression. Now, I think there's a lot of statistics that show that depression is far more widespread than it used to be. But it doesn't seem, based on the writings of Charles Spurgeon, that it's more widespread in ministry than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we've been walking through the different um, the different reasons why we are more prone to this. And we are getting to the last one. There have been five so far. And we are on number five today. Am I reading this or do you want to read it, David? I'll go for it. Yeah, go for it, David. There can be little doubt that sedentary habits have a tendency to create despondency in some constitutions. Burton, in his Anatomy of the Melancholy, has a chapter upon this cause of sadness, and quoting from one of the myriad authors whom he lays under contribution, he says, Students are negligent of their bodies. Other men look to their tools. A painter will wash his pencils. A smith will look to his hammer, anvil, forge. A a husbandman will mend his plow irons and grind his hatchet if it be dull. A falconer or huntsman will have an especial care of his hawks, hounds, horses, dogs, etc. A musician will string and unstring his lute. Only scholars neglect that instrument, their brain and spirits, I mean, which they daily use. Mm. Well, saith Lucan, see thou twist not the rope so hard that it break. Mm. To sit long in one posture... Pouring over a book or driving a quill is in itself a taxing of nature. But add to this a badly ventilated chamber, a body which has long been without muscular exercise, and a heart burdened with many cares, and we have all the elements for preparing a seething cauldron of despair, Mm. especially in the dim months of fog." When a blanket wraps the day, when the rotten woodland drips, and the leaf is stamped in clay. Let a man be naturally as blithe as a bird. He will hardly be able to bear up year after year against such a suicidal process. He will make his study a prison, and his books the warders of a goal. Gow. Gow. While nature lies outside his window, calling him to health and beckoning him to joy, he who forgets the humming of the bees among the heather, the cooing of the wood pigeons in the forest, the song of the birds in the woods, the rippling of rills among the rushes, and the sighing of the wind among the pines, needs not wonder if his heart forgets to sing and his soul grows heavy. A day's breathing of fresh air upon the hills or a few hours ramble in the beech woods unbragious calm? Yeah, unbragious. Unbragious. I'll look that one up. 
would sweep the cobwebs out of the brain of scores of our toiling ministers who are now but half alive. A mouthful of sea air or a stiff walk in the wind's face would not give grace to the soul, but it would yield oxygen to the body, which is next best. Heaviest the heart is in a heavy air. Every wind that rises blows away despair. The ferns and the rabbits, the streams and the trouts, the fir trees and the squirrels, the primroses and the violets, the farmyard, the new mown hay, and the fragrant hops. These are the best medicine for hypochondriacs, the surest tonics for the declining, the best refreshments for the weary. For lack of opportunity or inclination, these great remedies are neglected, and the student becomes a self-immolated victim. Mm. Man. Man. Okay, so this one is really key and super practical. Um, and I would sum it up. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening, if you are a young, or if you're a pastor of any kind, I would say young pastor, one of the first and best pieces of, of counsel I would give and that I've tried to give to every young man that I've known entering ministry is find a hobby that is outdoors and do it. Mm. Find something outside and do it mm. because our work is sedentary work. And it is, um, it is not just poor stewardship of the bodies that God has given us for us to fail to exercise. It is a recipe for disaster and that has been that has definitely been true in my own life those times where i neglect either being outside or, or exercising in some way or the other are the times that you can you can almost draw one to one between the times that i've been in the deepest sorrow and the times that i've done the least in terms of exercise and mm-hmm. that is such a really key and and easy to do principle but what it requires us to do is to schedule it yes. is to make it a priority in our lives so yeah, I, I I love how he put everything together. A badly ventilated chamber, right? So a stuffy office. Yeah. A body which has long been without muscular exercise, mm-hmm. and a heart burdened with many cares. And you have all of the elements for preparing a seething cauldron of despair, and that is true. And he says especially in the dim months of fog. So he was in London, which is like a gloomy place most of the time to begin with. But <laughs> but especially in the winter months, I imagine it is. All oh, kinds yeah. of gloomy. It's like it's like Seattle. Yeah. So so uh, the then he goes on. He makes a study of prison. The books of his waters a gaol. Gaol is the old English word for jail. Ah. So I knew that one. Mm. But the one I didn't know is umbrageous, and that brings us to something we haven't gotten to do in a while. Ding. Mm. Now it's time for the Puritan word of the day. The Puritan word of the day is umbrageous. Umbrageous. Umbrageous means affording shade, spotted with shadows. Affording shade. shade. Yes. Yes. Mm. So in this sentence, he says, let's see where, hold on. I got to find it again now. Or a oh, few hours ramble, ramble in, in the, the beach, beach woods, umbrageous calm. So the calm, that the, the shade of a tree. Shady. Yeah. Sit under the shade of a tree and listen to the birds, pastor. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Now, that reminds us of a story that by the time this comes out, I will have told in the sermon uh, just a few weeks prior of, um, man, I hit my lowest point in the first week of May, and we took off for a couple of days trip to stay with some friends. 
And I was sitting on the back porch, probably second or third day that I was there. And the birds in their backyard were so loud that I, you couldn't not hear them. Like they were just raucous. And it was early in the morning. You know, I was up there, but I was up by myself and, and my wife got up and she came down and, and I, I asked her, I said, I have a question. She said, what? I said, do we have birds at our house? Mm. And she went and she laughed. Thought I was joking. She's like, well, of course. And I said, I've never heard them. And it occurred to me that I lived here for nine years. And in nine years, not one time had I ever stopped just to stop and consider the birds. Mm. And so now, every day, the first few minutes of my day, I get up, I sit on the porch, I sit there with my Bible and a book, and I force myself. Because my mind, from the moment I wake up, my mind moves a thousand miles an hour. And so I force myself to stop and just listen. And that has been one of the more helpful that plus exercise um, finding a time of the day has, has is just such a practically helpful way um, for you to kind of fight seasons of melancholy mm-hmm. yeah yeah I found is especially in, in recent weeks the the lady who uh, who lived in our house before we did planted some flowers mm-hmm. in front of our house mm-hmm. which I, I never thought that I would be the person to appreciate flowers, but man, you know, just driving home and just seeing just splashes of color mm-hmm. that just popped up. Yep. And just walking out of the car and just walking over and just and stare at them, just looking at it and look at the intricate it, details. Yeah, yeah, it it does it it does something that I didn't expect. Yes, it it's does. not it's not something that I thought. Oh man, I really benefit from these flowers being in my in my in front of my house yeah but i really do yeah and i i I didn't expect that to be as much of a blessing as it is truly man it's those those areas those things are easy to overlook yes absolutely and that's how it has been with me with listening to the birds thing is that i overlooked that for years i mean i i you know i'm Sure, there's always have been. I know there have been hummingbirds because we have a hummingbird feeder in the backyard. And I knew theoretically that there were birds here, but to stop and listen to them and to think, who is singing? Who is this? You know, so I I put a bird app on my phone mm. that it listens to the to the song of the birds and it tells you which one is singing. Huh. And it's fantastic. Like it's fascinating because you know, when you sit and you listen long enough, you hurt you learn to recognize the voice of the birds. Now there's tons of spiritual application in there. Very often in our lives, we fail, even as pastors, the word, the, 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 the voice of the Holy Spirit can become white noise in our own lives because we're called to sometimes just quieten our own souls and be still mm. and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hear what he has to say. And, and that requires you to relinquish your own personal beliefs that you are essential in all situations and that everything must be done right now. And and those are hard things for me. It's just not easy for me to let go of those things. And so to spend that time at the first part of my day, that's, you know, the, for, for me, the first part of my day is the best part of my day. The longer the day goes on, like my brain is far less capable. And so to devote the first part of my day to the reading of the word first and then in its background. So as I'm reading the scriptures, sitting on the front porch, the back porch or wherever, as I'm reading the Bible, it's back noise. It's like, you know, it's kind of back there. It's like it's like having music on almost. Mm. And then 
when I finish and I shut the book and I read another book for my own pleasure, it has nothing to do with anything. I just sit down and read a book. And when I finish reading, I just, I sit and I either close my eyes or I just sit and I stare and I just listen to, you know, because for all the reasons, it's a fascinating thing. I didn't know a thing about birds. I still don't know that much about birds. Here's what I do know. You can go to 10 different ornithology sites, which is the study of birds. Mm -hmm. And you can ask any of those people, why do birds sing? And you're going to get some sort of nuanced, different answer, which usually in the science world means we don't know. We don't really know. We think this is why they sing. We know that they're singing, you know, in this situation, do this thing. But generally speaking, the chorus of birds that start up in the morning, you know, we're not really sure. I mean, and yet these things, at a minimum, they do so because the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm. Right? And so stop and listen to the heavens declaring the glory of God for a second Mm. and see what happens to your soul. Get out and take a walk. Yeah, you know, like literally, put everything down. I have a I have a fifteen minute rule when, and I this is something that I've tried to apply a lot. I have a fifteen minute rule when I'm writing. It would be very easy for me to sit down and just write, 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 write. But I I will set a timer for fifteen minutes, and sometimes I let myself go a little bit longer, and then I get up and I take a walk. Not a long walk, but I'll walk around the room or I'll walk down. I bit I can't I can't focus for longer than that. You got to know what your capacities are, hmm. but you also got to know how to incorporate exercise into this work. You know, I mean, that's that. And, and whether that means going, when I'm on the phone, I'll walk laps around the parking lot or whether it means, you know, I stop in the middle of my day and I take a walk, then that's what I do, but you've got to do it. And, and again, as a church, we kind of gave a, Hey, church member, here's how you encourage your pastor. Like if you see your pastor out taking a walk, do me a favor and don't call him lazy. Mm, mm, yes. Now, no one in our church has ever done that. I know a lot of our church members listen. Mm-hmm. So it's important for me to say that to yes. not a single person has ever, ever done that. No one. But I know a lot of guys that that has been the case. You'll mm-hmm. see him out. You know, he changes clothes and he goes out and takes a walk with his family. And then you hear a guy say something like, well, it must be nice to have a job where you can just stop everything in the middle of the day and take a walk. Don't, just don't do that. Just don't do that. Just don't do that. Uh, you know. It's one of those, you know, walking a mile in another man's shoes sort of things. But, but, but at a minimum, understand what he's trying to do. You know, he's he's not trying to get out of work. He's trying to ensure that he gets to do it for a good long time. Yeah. You know, and if and if you end up, you know, you have all the knowledge in the world, but we're still in. We still have this treasure in earth and vessels, mm-hmm. and we've got to take care of those vessels. And so, one way or the other, comes back to what I said when we were starting talking. Pastor, get a hobby. Make that hobby something that happens outside. It doesn't. It can be hunting. It can be fishing. It can be looking at flowers or listening to birds. It can be playing outside with your children. That's a really good one, by the yeah. way. I would strongly encourage that one. Yeah. But find something and do it and make it a regular habit because it actually is a part of what you're supposed to be doing as a pastor. Mm. It's actually part of how you end up being able to do it for a long time. Mm. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts, David? Oh, I I thought I really enjoyed, you know, his other men look to their tools. A painter washes his pencils. He he goes through this list and he comes to the end and he says, only scholars neglect the instrument that they daily use. Yeah. You know, that don't, you know, one, you know, if, if we could say anything, 
don't neglect the instrument you use daily. Yes. Don't neglect your own mind and soul and body. Yes. Don't, yes. don't neglect it. Yeah, which also means being sure that you're continuing on with your personal devotions that yes. preferably have literally nothing to do with the sermon that you're writing. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it goes, the same is true for, and this comes back to, like, how do we apply this broadly across all, you know, in our in our life station, both of us with children, my, my son's older than yours, but, but we both have kids, kind of varying ages. Kids keep you busy, mm-hmm. right? And the more kids you have, the busier you feel. And it can be easy to say something like, I don't have time to exercise mm-hmm. or I don't have time to do what you're saying and to sit down and myself. read the scriptures. Yeah. I don't have time to take care of myself. I would encourage you then to take all of those arguments to the Lord mm. who has commissioned one day out of seven to be a day where we rest. And he didn't really seem to put any conditions on that. Mm. Like It seems like that's a thing that you're supposed to do somehow. You're supposed to rest. Mm-hmm. And there are varying theological perspectives on the Sabbath, and I get that. But we are not superhuman. We're human. <laughs> and we're we're supposed to have times and seasons of rest. And it's a good thing when you do. Yeah. So, yeah. Indeed. All right. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening and spending time with us today. We will come back again next week. And we're going to start talking about the times that we may be most prone to these fits of depression. Friends, if, you, if you've enjoyed this content, if you would like us on whatever podcast platform you have found us on and then share this with others who may benefit from it, we would be in your debt. Thank you so much, and we will talk again soon. Goodbye.